Thanks for joining us today on the NateHoldridge.com podcast, where we're taking a look at some of the articles that Pastor Nate has written at NateHoldridge.com and just going a little bit deeper into them with some conversation. Today, we're in our third installment of a three-part series about the Christian and the single life. Let's get into it. The Apostle Paul made it clear throughout his letter to the Corinthian church they were free to marry. However, he held out to them the option of singleness. Some of them would choose this option, but Paul tried to open their eyes to an alternative. This isn't to say marriage is bad. No, God created it. He encourages it. Paul is simply holding out an alternative. If this is your season, run in it. Rejoice in the opportunity. Perhaps the word single is not meant to describe your marital status, but your focus. You have a chance to be singly focused on the things of the Lord. Nate, this is part three of the trio. The trilogy. Part three, man. (laughs) It's like the return of the king right now. It's like a lot of words. It's a lot of words. I was just thinking this morning, man, because I, I was doing a bunch of writing this morning, and you know that I like to run, you know, like, right. like mm-hmm. ultra, you know, running. Big time. And so me and a buddy right now, we're training for a big event. And so yesterday afternoon, we went out for a, we were pushing it. We went out for a 20-mile run. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's just like, it's sheer um willpower just push it totally (laughs) at the i mean the the way we designed yesterday's run was it was so that at the very end we would have the biggest (laughs) climb so the the very end we just had this brutal oh man time and i was just thinking this morning while i was just writing because there was a kind of a big project i was working on today and it just writing and writing and writing i was thinking endurance running totally helps with the writing mentality huh. to just keep going, yeah. keep pushing. And, you know, hopefully that's a blessing, you know, <laughs> like all these singleness posts, you know, and, and um, you know, trying to help people. Hopefully it's a, an encouragement to people's lives. So right. same thing with the podcasting, you know, just talking about this stuff. It's been a blast. Yeah, that's awesome. And just to kind of reiterate, you know, we've talked about this over the past couple of podcasts, but this whole series is kind of written with the intention of encouraging those who are in their single state. You, if you're listening and you're in a single state right now in your life, this is for you. This is also for the married person who is learning how to maybe love the single people in their lives better, how to incorporate them into their lives and to encourage them in their faith through this time. So we're thinking of you and uh, praying that these are really blessing you. And going into this third installment, we're kind of talking about um, a portion of Scripture that's written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. And you you start out this article, Nate, with this passage. Could you kind of lay out for us what Paul is talking about to the Corinthians and why he wrote this? Yeah, well, why don't, why don't I just read it? 1 Corinthians 7, Great. 32 to 35, Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. 
But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, Mm -hmm. how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint on you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. So uh, it's... Earlier in the chapter, Paul talked about a present distress, mm-hmm. and it appears that there was there was something, whether it was you know a famine that was going to come or persecution that was already present for the church there in Corinth. There was some kind of present distri- distress that they knew about that made marriage more difficult. Mm-hmm. And what Paul lays out the case for in that little paragraph that I just read is uh, when you're single, you have... Uh, more undivided um, devotion or ability to prioritize mm. pleasing God yeah. and you know just exclusively pursuing a life of holiness. Mm. Whereas if you're married, uh, you obviously can still practice holiness, right. but he talks about uh, an anxiety that's here on earth, especially in within the backdrop or context of the present distress. So if it was like persecution, you can imagine going through persecution as a single person, that's really difficult. Mm. But if you have a wife or you have a husband, you have children, it's a different level of right. anxiety and care as you're passing through that uh, persecution. So I think what part of what I was trying to do just with this post is to think about uh, present day anxieties mm. that, you know, are different than probably what Paul was alluding to with the first, with the uh, Corinthian church, but still are anxieties mm. uh, all the same that, you know, people who are married are, you know, living in that right. perhaps unmarried people don't have to deal with as much. Huh. Yeah, that's true. I'm glad you laid it out like that because I think there are different anxieties going on in our modern era that you know Paul probably wasn't going through, the Church of Corinth wasn't really going through, but that we are going through. Mm-hmm. And you actually label or kind of talk through a little bit about a few things that stood out to you. Could you kind of talk us through that a little bit? When is singleness beneficial to kind of? Consider? Oh yeah, I just talked about a few different like things that would be easy for us to think about. You know, for instance. Um, you know, serving the Lord in our modern time and world, you know, like some people have a calling into the mission field Mm -hmm. or uh, perhaps not the mission field in the sense of foreign missions, but, you know, maybe church planting or Mm -hmm. um, a more intense ministry within the local church where they're giving a lot of their time and energy Mm -hmm. towards a ministry. And so someone who is married has a harder time making some of those commitments. You know, if you're a married man with a few children and you're trying to, for instance, raise marriage or financial support to go on to the mission field, that's a pretty financially costly endeavor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas if you're single, you know, obviously the financial commitment for a church isn't the same. You think about Paul in his ministry and how much he was able to get done with a smaller, you know, amount of money than someone who, like he alluded to with Peter, took along a believing wife. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's one, you know, just missions opportunities or 
missional kind of work, uh, moving into an inner city and doing ministry in that kind of context mm. or something like that. Maybe someone who's single has an easier opportunity having the flexibility to be able to do that kind of thing. And then we also, I mentioned the college years, you know, yeah, a totally. lot of people, um, you know, nowadays that college education, it's becoming more and more important even just for like basic survival. Mm -hmm. So, and for many people, it's not about one degree or two degrees. It's, you know, about three or four college degrees that they're, Mm -hmm. you know, pursuing. And thinking about that and how there are times where someone, it would be beneficial to just focus, you know, the indebtedness Mm -hmm. that you can sometimes get into the flexibility that you need to be able to just study and grind away at getting that degree as quickly as possible might not be as conducive to a married life as to a single life. Again, it's not a requirement from Paul, but it's just, Hey, you know, think about the present distress and maybe your present distress are those college years. And then the last one that I mentioned was just, and this could even be brought up because of the college years, but, seasons of extreme financial indebtedness Mm. you know i'm so happy that when christina and i got married i wasn't in debt at all and i think that she had like a 300 dollars debt that we quickly (laughs) paid off you know yeah and that was so great you know cars included so it was so nice to be able to start our marriage you know from that standpoint Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people aren't able to do that but it you know it might be a time if you have a big college debt or something like that to really just go for it and live very simply and don't spend on the self and just crush that debt so that that present distress can be put away with uh, so that you can then enter into marriage, Lord willing. Again, Mm -hmm. I understand that these are different than the present distress that Paul was talking about to the Corinthian church, but they are cares. You know, they are anxieties that might help us say, well, this really isn't the season for me Mm. to pursue a marriage. I want to get through this season of life before that comes for me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I like that you said it's not a requirement, but it is just like a, I think it's like a word of wisdom. I talked to a lot of college students who will say, you know, I want to be single for this time. Like the Lord's put in my heart Mm -hmm. to be single. But then the same sentence, they're like, but you know, I'm talking to this girl or I'm talking to this guy. And, you know, we're just, we're just friends, you know, but I really feel like we need to be single. Yeah. There's the, there's the practical or philosophical right. position that they'll take. <laughs> and then there's the emotional yeah, you know, stance and it's so hard. Yeah. It's so and, hard. you know, sometimes, sometimes people are called to push through that mm, kind of yeah. season. I mean, that's what the beginning of first Corinthians is. First uh, Corinthians seven is kind of embedded in, you know, yeah. the idea that if you can't, exercise self-control he says it's better than to to just go for it it's better to be married so you know there are instances where that maybe that relationship does develop and it's you know going to be five years before Mm -hmm. all of those seasons are done with and you would naturally think that would be the time to get married and it might not be wisdom in that case Mm -hmm. to wait those you know, five additional years. So it's just something to think about. And I I think like what you're talking about, there are times where it's just good for someone to say, no, I need to, I need to get through this season, but probably wisdom would say then, well, then don't do anything to fuel the fire. Don't do anything to entertain 
a relationship and, you know, mm-hmm. cultivate that when you just, you know, full and well that you're not ready to really give yourself in that kind of way. Why investigate if you're just not there? Hmm. But yeah. that's tough to do. I was about to say, I know that is kind of like a tough thing to do. What, what do you think about that? Is that kind of just like a prayer and consideration kind of decision? Or is that something to just kind of like exploring in your community, like what people think about your stage in life? Or that well, just I think like a lot of it has of to do with what we're talking about today. You know, uh, this whole passage is dealing with these cares and these anxieties. And, and I think the more real that becomes to somebody mm-hmm. yeah. where you really understand that this stage or this season of my life, it is just that. It is a stage. It is a season. It's not going to last forever. This is not my final destination. This is part of the process of my life. And the more that as you're going through those seasons, and I think we're probably uniquely or especially talking about younger single people in this little conversation we're having right now. But the more that you have that mentality, this is a season that I'm in. This is not my final destination. There is life after college. I am building Mm. something larger than this and larger than myself. I think that that really helps someone go through that process because it's, it's, if you if you don't have that, then when you're kind of going through those college years, you're just in your little bubble thinking about your little life and you see yeah, you know someone true. that you're attracted to or drawn to or that you enjoy and then now all of a sudden you've lost the big picture and you're seeing the small mm. picture and you might get caught up in something that you're really not ready for so i think paul is trying to give the singles in the church in corinth the big picture right so the more that we are remind ourselves of that or uh, cultivate that in conversation with friends and family members and, you know, honestly talk about the big picture, the more that that is occurring, uh, then maybe the better chance we have of really waiting for the proper time, you know, mm-hmm. like Solomon talks about, you know, or the, the, the friends of uh, the Shulamites sing over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, don't stir up or awaken love yeah. until the proper time. And, you know, because it's powerful, it's strong, you know, once you start getting into cultivating those emotions and feelings, yeah. it's really tough to have any level of restraint at all. So right. remembering the big picture might be helpful. And it seems like that's where Paul's going. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Even just kind of thinking about the big picture, one of the things you talk about in this article too is just, um, you know, the anxieties of the married life. And you take a moment and kind of talk about, I try to say it just with a straight face, just, you know, just the anxieties of the married life, no big deal. They're there. But, <laughs> they're there. And you you kind of talk about them from the male perspective and the female perspective. Can you kind of maybe talk us through that a little bit as well? Like, what does that look like for you? And you have some funny examples of things you've learned and things that are have come up in your marriage. Would you mind kind of talking <laughs> through that a little bit? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, everybody has anxieties. Right. Everybody has concerns and cares, you know, in this life. So it's not that the single man has no worries or the single woman has no worries. And when I was single, you know, I had things that were on my mind, right. things I was thinking oh, yeah. about. But yeah, there are things that when I married Christina, they became new areas of not just subconscious or lower level concern, but like real legitimate 
concerned. So, you know, I, I talked about, you know, income, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. when you're a single guy, you know, and you're just not living very luxuriously, <laughs> you get by with not all that much, you know, True, and you just yeah. kind of spend on what you need and mm-hmm. maybe save up for a big thing here and there. And then obviously as a married man, it, you know, your money is now accounted for. And, right. you know, then uh-huh. you start adding children, you know, mm-hmm. into the mix. And, you know, we were joking earlier about my family just got a dog. <laughs> you know, it's I never thought that I'd be buying dog food <laughs> with the bread that I've earned, you know, but that's just what happens. You yeah. know? So there's just like big changes, you know, and uh, maybe for a, a, a certain kind of guy, you know, his clothing budget would be one thing and then he gets married and it's whoa this that's what's necessary oh, that's for, so for a clothing budget that's i so had true. no idea you know so <laughs> they're just you know i christina and i have had a constant conversation our whole marriage about the grocery budget you know she's she's a foodie hmm. yeah i love eating food you know <laughs> but it's just like i'm always shocked at how much groceries cost you oh, know yeah and mm-hmm. um you know she's very judicious and uh you know cost budget conscious and everything <laughs> but it, they cost what they cost yeah, you know and absolutely. it's and you know i remember being a single guy and just I had no real plan of how often I would go to the grocery store, you know, but every once in a while I'd go and pick up a few items here or there, you know, I made it work, you know, somehow I ate, I'd Mm -hmm. I'd mooch meals, you know, I'd, I'd figure it out. But, you know, as a married man, you know, there's those kind of concerns and then man, for a married woman, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's just so many different things that, you know, I mean, I had to adjust to be married, but Christina had to adjust so uh-huh. much more to be married to a dude. <laughs> it's just a, oh, it's just man. a different thing, you know, and you really do live with that concern about um, how the other person feels and yeah. what they're thinking. And it's you true. do want to be pleasing uh, to them. So, I mean, I listed out some anxieties, you know, relational anxieties, you know, you're constantly monitoring this relationship you know when you're Mm -hmm. single you have friends you have people that you really care about you are monitoring those relationships but you're not sharing life or a bed and in that kind of way with somebody you know so you're really like relationally there's always this consideration i think especially for the wife there's Mm -hmm. this consideration like how are we doing and are we doing okay and are we Mm -hmm. doing enough and are we growing and and is and uh, are we doing things that would be hurting our relationship or are we helping our relationship? So you're you're mm-hmm. totally tuned into that in, in you know, a way that you weren't obviously before. Then when you have kids, there's all these parental anxieties. You know, mm-hmm. you're constantly talking about and thinking about and considering these decisions, you know, that you make with your kids. I mean, Christina walked in the other day and... Um, I was doing some work and she interrupts me. She had gotten an email with the, uh, our daughters, two of our, our two oldest daughters had recently auditioned for a local drama production Mm -hmm. and they got their parts and one of them got a part that was maybe lesser than Mm -hmm. what she had maybe been hoping for. And 
she actually ended up the next day finding out about it and taking it really well and just okay. total champ about it. But when Christina read it, she like was crying a little bit, you know, just like, mm. I know how hard she's Feeling worked. You know, I know how hard she's worked and I, you know, this will be great for her, but she's worked so hard for this. You just feel that kind yeah. of stuff. It's an anxiety wow. that, you know, obviously before those kids come along and you're living that single life, you're not mm. thinking about the financial anxieties, like I mentioned, you real know, thing. Yeah. yeah, that's a very real thing. And how are we going to make ends meet and the future and, you know, college and uh, retirement, if that's supposed to be a thing for us and investments and all of that. Uh, obviously, if you're a single person, you should be thinking about your future financially. However, mm-hmm. it's just different than in the married life. There's an right. anxiety there that obviously Paul wasn't living in. You know, he was able to be so in the moment uh, as a result of his single state. Then there's physical anxieties, you know, because it's like, yeah, you're married. You are attracted to each other and drawn to each other, but you still want to be a blessing to your spouse. So, you're, you know, you're wanting to take care of yourself mm-hmm. physically. And not only that, for like appearance sake, there's also just the long-term health of things. Uh You know, we say in sickness and in health, and, you know, there's that anxiety or that feeling of, man, what would happen if I, you know, got sick and I became really weak and Christina Mm. had to care for me or vice versa. You know, you think about that kind of thing in a new kind of way. So, I mean, there's all that kind of stuff. You know, how's our friendship doing? How's our (laughs) spiritual life doing? And then, I mean, probably one that fills up a ton of, space in our relationship or our marriage is just life decision anxieties you know you're just constantly you're now you have two people making these decisions together that greatly impact the other person's life and you're trying to navigate life together so i mean paul knew what was up when he said (laughs) he did that when you are living that single life you have an opportunity to be exclusively concerned with pleasing the Lord. But when you're married, you do want to please the Lord, but part of pleasing the Lord is being pleasing to your spouse. Right. So you have to be thinking in that way. There's a lot of anxieties that come in that direction. It's kind of what you said a little bit earlier in the podcast. You know, the idea that some people have is if only I were married, I wouldn't have these anxieties. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that are married saying, if only I were single, I wouldn't have all these Mm -hmm. anxieties. And Probably there's a little bit of truth in both, yeah. you know, attitudes, but it's a serious thing to consider. Yeah, it is. It's kind of cool to be able to talk about those things openly like that because I think for, I, I know when I was single, I didn't think about any of that. Like, I just didn't even know, like, all the anxieties that kind of came along with marriage. It's easy to hear that word and kind of lump in different things you've gone through and stuff like that, but to mm-hmm. be able to break it down and just kind of see what scripture says about that is. I think enlightening for for somebody who's single and can maybe even just kind of put some flesh into that motive of being like I'm going to I'm going to serve the Lord right now and just put my whole like mind body soul into serving him. Yeah, totally. And hopefully, you know, for you as you're listening to this, if you are single, you know, it's good for you to be thinking about the the difference of what it looks like to be married. You know, yeah. Paul is making it very clear, especially if it is a season of present distress for mm. whatever reason or another, whether it's persecution or financial calamity or just some of the things that we might go through in our culture of, you know, the college years or 
times of indebtedness or something like that. Uh, Paul wants us to understand that when you get married, you you adopt, you take mm-hmm. into your heart, you pull into your soul a level of anxiety and care and concern that is just different than anything you've experienced up to this point. And that is going to remain with you during the whole uh, duration of your marriage. Mm-hmm. So just understanding the gravity, right, the of, gravity of that it. relationship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it shouldn't happen. And Paul isn't saying that. Uh, he's just saying sometimes it is a blessing mm-hmm. to retain singleness, uh, even if it's just a season of life, because there's a whole different set of cares and concerns that comes into the married person's mind and heart and soul. Yeah, and that you know, obviously, none of us are saying, and that's why marriage is horrible. <laughs> no, we don't think right. that. That's not the the picture that right. the Bible that the Bible paints. You know, I probably need to write like a three part thing about marriage, you know, because that, yeah. it's good, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. It can be one of the, if not the most satisfying human relationship on earth, you know. I, David said of Jonathan, his great friend, you know, your love surpasses the love of women. But I think that's because he was doing it wrong. <laughs> you know, when he was a polygamist. He wasn't, yeah. he hadn't learned of how beautiful, you know, that singular focus yeah, can be. It's true. And, you know, it's powerful. Like, your, your wife uh, can know your heart and know you and accept you and embrace you for who you are. And it's, it's, there's a real safety in it. It's powerful, beautiful, yeah, it's and strong. True. So none of us are saying marriage is just a bad idea. But Paul is just saying, hey, know what it's about. Yeah. Know mm-hmm. what it looks like. It's a pretty serious thing. Yeah, that's good. I think we're just about out of time, Nate. Is there anything else you wanted to say, just kind of closing thoughts? anybody listening yeah no i just we hope that that this has been you know at least slightly encouraging to you and you know you can find all three of the articles at nateholdridge.com i think this one was nateholdridge.com slash 27 yeah i think you're right Mm -hmm. so you know enjoy them and hey here's the thing if you know someone who you think whether they're married or single who might be blessed by one of these conversations or by one of these uh, posts, I would love for you to share that and encourage Mm -hmm. them with it because we're just trying to encourage each other's walks with the Lord and continue to grow. So keep at it and hold fast to your integrity and and, uh, whatever season you're in, whether it's married or unmarried, use it for the glory of God. That's right. And you guys can check out the article in the show notes of this podcast. There'll be a link to it and to Nate's website. So you can check out all those different articles, keep up with the conversation there and everything. Um, so, so be sure to do that. Nate, where can people find you online to keep up with you? Yeah. Besides the website, just, I just do the Twitter thing. So at N Holdridge, and that's a great place. If, if uh, you have uh, an idea, something that you'd love to hear, us talk about or me write about uh, you could get a hold of me there and, and let us know solid awesome thanks nate hey thanks for joining us today if you'd like to read some more articles from pastor nate you can always go to nateholdridge.com and browse through all the archives everything's there And if you'd like to have his articles sent to your email on a weekly basis, you can also sign up for that at nateholdridge.com. 
And while you're online, please share this podcast with a friend. We would greatly appreciate that. And also, stay tuned for another episode next week. But until then, God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.